Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. Welcome to The First Cut. I'm Greg Ducharme, joined today by Mark Immelman. And this is our emergency podcast today with uh, some new breaking news in the world of golf. Tiger Woods has announced the the early portion of his schedule. But Mark, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm great, man. Greg, uh, kind of, honestly, I was looking forward to Torrey Pines. Now, I'm, not that it's news to anyone that Woods is committed, but I, I'm now really looking forward to Torrey Pines because now it's official, you know. It's official. You're going to be out there covering it. When when you think about Tiger Woods at Torrey Pines, I mean, what, what's your favorite memory that comes to mind? Well, the U.S. Open in 08 has, has got to probably be the one. But honestly, you know, Torrey Pines a few years back was the side of a Tiger Woods comeback. And then you had the situation where he had to pull out mid-round. And I remember Todd Lewis from Golf Channel standing in the parking area speaking about how Tiger couldn't get the glutes activated. So the back tightened up and stuff like that. And And, and I remember that not fondly. But now it's almost like it's a renewal for me. And, and last year I was on site for the event. He was sort of just going along there, mediocre sort of fashion. The scoring was low, which is out of the ordinary. But then put together a bogey-free 67 last year. And and, and that was to sort of vault up to uh, the top 20, I believe it was. And, and I looked at this going, man, he just put together a really stout round of golf when he needed to. Made himself relevant, uh, hit the ball well, made putts that he needed to. And I was like, you know, this bodes well now. This was, we were unsure as to what the season was going to hold for Woods. And he goes to, ahead and puts together a good finish there and plays okay at, uh, the Genesis a few weeks later. And then, and then he wins the Masters just shortly thereafter. So I would say 208 US Open was big, but last year that final round was, was a big one for me because I was there. And, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that. I think last year going into the Farmers Insurance Open and this year going into the Farmers Insurance Open with Tiger Woods, we were in two totally different places. Last year, we had no clue what we were going to get out of Tiger. He he had the, the Ryder Cup was a little bit uh, disappointing, you might say. It wasn't a, a great go around for him. We didn't get to see him perform in a President's Cup the way he did. And it was kind of like he's getting a little shaking, a little rust off from the offseason. But this year, we saw him at the Zozo Championship in the in the wraparound season get a, a victory. And that victory coming right off of a, a knee surgery where he took a little bit of time off. And then he goes out to the President's Cup where he's not only the captain, but in my opinion, the best player on the property. And he played some tremendous golf. And we have a feeling now that Tiger is ready to go. It, even though it's the first event of the calendar year for him, it feels like he's in, in mid-season form. And coming into an event like this, I mean, Mark... What are you watching out for when you go and cover him uh, on the CBS coverage at, at Tory? Well, honestly, just more of the same. Um, I'd be surprised if he wasn't the, the favorite leading into this thing. But you've got the likes of McElroy and John Rahm, who's been playing great, and Fowler will be making an appearance. And Justin Rose, last year's winner, will be back defending. And there's been lots of reports of Rose doing a lot of work. So 
I, I personally, from the reports I got about the golf course, apparently the rough is lush. Not normally. Is yeah. Very. Cons- I've heard the same thing. So, but it's very consistent. The reports are so it's going to place a premium on putting the ball in play off the tee. And so for me, the main thing I'm looking out for is because Tiger has driven the ball beautifully the last three rounds at Zozo and at uh, at the President's Cup too, and and late last year at the Tour Championship drove it great. Um, so pardon me, not the Tour Championship, but the BMW. So. I'm looking forward to more of this improved Tiger Woods off the tee because uh, by all accounts, if you spray the thing, you're going to have yourself a long week down there in San Diego. So I feel like if Tiger can put the ball in play, if he can drive it well, because the thing about the south course, the north course now too since the redo, is you can't sort of gear down and just put the ball in play off the tee because it's going to beat you up lengthwise. So if he can drive the ball well, his iron play is just always so good to those narrow targets. And he puts the Poania greens well, obviously, growing up in California. I feel like if he can put the ball in play, it's going to be not one-way traffic, but he'll be around come Sunday afternoon. So that's the, the main thing I'm looking for. Uh, looking for, And then, obviously, I, I, I'm keen to see sort of how the north course stacks up because typically you'd, you'd – you, you play one round at the north, you play three rounds at the south, and and the players would get after the north course. But that's not the case anymore. And if you shoot anything sort of 68, 69, 67 around the north, you're doing good work. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how both courses stack up against each other with the south being the hardest. But the big deal for the Woods fans is, is, is he going to continue this really start play accuracy-wise off the tee like we saw at the Hero World Challenge? And – the interesting thing about Tiger and the driver is the change in his distance. If you ask Tiger about it, he's hitting the ball farther than he ever has in his life. But relatively speaking, he's no longer one of the longer hitters out there. And it seems like Tiger has kind of taken this new strategy. Uh, he, he's basically put in play this strategy of hit, hit the fairways, put the ball in play, like you're mentioning. And when he does that, he's he's relying on the the strength of his game, at least from a technical standpoint, and that's his iron play. So um, I, I think when you see a player like Tiger Woods drive the ball over 65% of the time in, in the fairway, he's going to bode really well. It's going to it's going to create a, a really good year for him. Last year, 65% of the fairways hit is a, a really big number for a guy like Tiger, and under he was under 300 yards, which um, isn't a commonality, but. I agree with you. You get out on a, a course like Torrey Pines with really thick rough and the greens have all these different sections on them and they're covered by bunkers and they get really firm at times and you have to be really precise with your irons. Putting the ball in the fairway is something that's at a premium because it's a big golf course and it's hard to get in position where, uh, where, where the ball is going to stop on the green from the rough. Even if it's hard to get yourself in a position where you have a wedge out of the rough. So uh, on a big golf course like this, Getting the ball in the fairway is definitely at a premium. Uh, and it's a golf course, obviously. You mentioned Tiger putting the greens really well. I, I heard once, uh, I, I believe it was, it may have been Johnny Miller who said, hey, in California, California kids win in California because they know how to putt the greens. And uh, you've certainly seen that with Tiger winning seven times at, at the Farmers Insurance Open and, and uh, the additional U.S. Open. So we know that Tiger seems to be uh, able to hit more fairways these days. It's going to put him in position to, to do pretty well here at Torrey Pines. What, what do you make of the distance that Tiger has going on, Mark? Well, Greg, I mean, the truth of it is he's shorter than the Bombers, the the, the DJs and the Kepkas and the Royals. Right. 
company, but he's not short by any stretch of the imagination, and and he still flies the golf ball a pretty good ways in the air. For for me, what I like, and it's helped the accuracy, and you as an instructor can certainly agree, um, it's a lot more level in action. You know, he used to have a lot of right side bend about him, and and he said nowadays after the back fusion, he's had to level off the golf swing some. So as a result, I feel like he's just become infinitely more accurate. And the truth of it is, with a smoother swing, he's able to hit the ball more squarely, more often. So he's almost doing it more efficiently now than what when he was younger. It was just brute athleticism and strength with a, a whole lot of dynamics going on. So, so, so I feel like he's this beautiful blend now of this 43-year-old-ish guy who's level. He's making balanced swings. He's Tiger 2.0 kind of thing with 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 more balanced-looking golf swings. And so. When you come to a golf course like this, that not just asks questions of distance, it asks questions of accuracy, I think despite the prolific history at Torrey Pines, it almost sets up even better to him if, in fact, he comes in there uh, uh, feeling healthy and strong. It's it's funny because there was a time when Tiger won four in a row, and, and there was only one year in between outside of that. So he really – he won – uh, he won six of eight times in a, in a, a stretch of eight years at that golf course. And, and you're saying it sets up better. It's hard to imagine, but I understand where you're coming from because the golf swing is in, it, it's much different. You mentioned the right side bend and we were talking about this on a new breed of golf just the other day. Uh, do you think the, the fusion in his back, the actual, the, the physical fusion of the L4 and the L5, do you think that that basically eliminates the ability for his body to bend in that way? Do you think he was forced into that, or do you think he wanted to level out that swing so he could hit a, a more consistent shot shape or become more accurate? Well, that's a good question. I, I'm certainly no back specialist, but but I would think it makes sense um, that, that the, with a fusion, it has forced him to be more um, upright, for lack of a better descriptor, with a spine. So I, th- I think some of it is 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 necessity being the mother of all invention. But the one thing I know for sure from my experience with Woods through the years is he is a savvy competitor, man. And not only has he got the will of a champion, but he's got a great mind. He's got the heart of a lion. We know that. Oh, yeah. But he's just, I mean, he's just a really smart campaigner. And so I'm sure he looked through this all when he had time, but when he was down and was like, okay, for me to be relevant in, in this latter portion of my career, this needs to happen. And of course, now he's making it happen just like he has in, 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 in many years past. Now, we mentioned the, the great success that he's had at Torrey Pines, and a lot of that comes from his ability with, with the golf club in his hands. But you mentioned his mind. It, it, he is, to me, the, the greatest tactician of a golf course. He, he um, uses strategy to his advantage, I think, better than anybody else on the PGA Tour. One of the reasons why he had so much success at Augusta National last year. Um, but uh, a golf course, the other golf course that he's committed to, he, he's committed to the Genesis Open, which is somewhat obvious because it's his own tournament. But it's at Riviera. And Riviera is, of course, a rare course on the PGA Tour. Tiger Woods has never won at. Are, are you interested at all in the fact that Tiger's tournament is at a course he's never won at, and what do you think his chances are this year at Riviera? Well, look, he's Tiger Woods, so you can't discount the guy, um, if he's healthy, of course. Uh, I think the fact that his event is at Riviera, because I think back to the, you know, when he came out there as a young teenager and made his debut on the PGA Tour, and so it's almost come full circle, and now to be hosting his event, at one of the great golf courses on the PGA Tour in his back garden, basically, where he got his first start. 
and 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 even more importantly, having it be a three-year exemption. So that's putting this event into the stratosphere where it's like Bay Hill and Arnold Palmer's event and and the memorial with Jack Nicklaus. So you've got this elevated exemption. You've got a great golf course. You've got a place where Tiger Woods basically was introduced to the world's game, apart from the brief, you know, appearances on television as a little tot. I, th- I think it's the perfect venue. And, and man, you know, it's right outside of Hollywood. And they're going to have all sorts of folks out there, all of the glitterati showing up. And, and it's just, it's a great venue, so many great champions. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense uh, for Tiger to host uh, at that place, despite his lack of success. But, you know, that's that's easily changeable if he does what Tiger does. Right, it only takes one year. We mentioned how smart of a of a golfer Tiger is. We know too that he's a a pretty smart businessman as well. And that I mean, it makes sense to be in L.A. for an event like that. So I understand that. The other thing is about the venue. Uh, just because Tiger doesn't have great success at a venue doesn't mean he doesn't like the golf course. And I had a, a, a personal experience with this when I was working down at Medalist. A good friend of mine who also worked there with me, was going to Wingfoot. And he's an assistant pro at Wingfoot now. And uh, when he first got the job, Tiger happened to be there and overhear him say that he got a job at Wingfoot. And Tiger, kind of, his head kind of snapped around. He said, you're going to Wingfoot? And Jared, my buddy Jared said, yeah, what do you think of it? Knowing that Tiger missed a cut at Wingfoot <laughs> in 2006. And Tiger looked at him kind of with this. It, I saw it with my – it was an intense look on his face. And he said, uh, you know, I like a challenge, right? <laughs> and he kind of raised his eyebrows and gave a little smile. And he gave the sign that, yeah, I like that place. Even though I missed the cut there, Tiger likes the challenge. And it seems like one other thing that Tiger's got to get off of his list, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and you know, to, to break it down to the nuts and bolts of it all, um, if you put the ball in a decent position off the tee, you get the ball on the green, you make a few timely putts, you, you, you avoid um, at, at that level, you just avoid penalty strokes. Then you're on your way, and you've you've just got to find a way to be one stroke lower than your nearest competitor. So, just because Woods hasn't had success at Riviera, there are a number of factors that are brought to bear. It could be whether it's one bad bounce. It's not like he doesn't know the golf course, and and, and like you illustrate with a wind foot, wind foot example, he knows that at his best he can beat anyone. He, he's proven it. Certainly, um, you know, he's got states like Ohio and Florida and California where it's happy hunting grounds for him. But, you know, again, like Johnny Miller said, it's in California, uh, so you can putt those greens well. I feel like if he just – I feel like Riviera might have kept him off balance because, you know, the cert, this, that stretch of holes down the backside, I think of 12, 13, 14, a number of the holes bend from right to left, where Tiger, when forced off the tee, will go left to right. So you're fitting the ball against the camber of the fairway. But this new move that he has going on, he can sweep that draw pretty easy. And so uh, I feel like he's primed to go and have a very big finish there because of the mental acumen, to your point, uh, the fact that, you know, he's he's healthy, he's strong. And, and I think there's almost a renewed lease on life for him. Which is pretty cool to see. It, it's funny how a 44-year-old Tiger Woods is in a position where in this year, in my opinion, it's a year of first for him. It, it, there's going to be an opportunity for him to play uh, in the Olympics, which is another interesting conversation I want to get into. Uh, a chance to win at Riviera for the first time, a, a chance to defend the Masters, which is going to be the first time in a long time for him uh, to play a season as a as a major champion. And it's going to be the first time in a long time where he enters a season healthy, knowing full well that he's in, in pretty good shape with his body. So uh, that that renewed 
uh, lease on life is, I think, very present with Tiger Woods as well. Um, now, looking deeper into the schedule, he is not committed to the WGC uh, tournament in, in Mexico. Do you expect him to play in that? Um, do you think that he's going to – like, what do you think the rest of this schedule for Tiger is going to look like after the Genesis? Uh, that's a good question. You know, no one – that's the million-dollar question, I guess, too. Right. right. No one really knows. Um, I was actually in Mexico last year for PGA Tour Live, and, and, and I was covering the event and covering Woods for a couple of days. And he looked very comfortable. He looked like he loved the place. When I talked with him briefly, he, he said he loved the golf course. The people treated him great. So I don't know. Maybe he'll announce going down there to play because the, in, in, in a, in a U.S. Open year, you know, which selections are made by world golf ranking. You go to an event like that, and it's guaranteed world ranking points. So for for someone who's got the finality of a goal like the Olympics, which he's stated as a goal, it would make sense that one goes and plays these almost guaranteed points events. And last year, he played solidly. Um, Dustin Johnson lapped the field. So I, I think that you'll, you, you may see him play. No one knows for sure. Then beyond that, as we get into the Florida swing, you know he'll be at Bay Hill. Obviously, we'll play the Players' Championship. And it's just what he mixes in around there to make sure that when he gets to uh, April and Augusta National time, he's pretty well run. But you know, as we look at things here, he's doing Farmers and then a three weeks, uh, two weeks off, then Genesis. Two weeks off would almost be the Mexico. Then another two weeks would be MasterCard. And then the Players, uh, Arnold Palmer, I should say. And then the Players is right thereafter. So... I have a feeling he may show up in Mexico, and I'm not so sure about the match play in Austin, but he will add something in there late before the Masters, so it remains to be seen. But I think we might see Tiger sort of once every two weeks as the schedule shakes out. And it almost seems too obvious. Like, you know he's going to play Farmers, which he is. You know he's going to play Genesis, which he is. The World Golf Championships, Mexico Championship, to me, is the obvious next choice because of that uh, the the free world golf ranking points you mentioned and and um, whether or not he likes the venue, I don't think that really matters. I think if that's truly his goal, Tiger's going to do whatever it takes to achieve that goal. So long as he's healthy, I think you'll see Tiger in Mexico. And then uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, he didn't play last year. He withdrew because of a neck injury. I think you'll see him there. The players, I think, I think you'll see him at the match play as well. So um, a, a healthy Tiger is a Tiger that's going to play to prepare for the Masters, but he's also going to have the uh, the Olympics in his mind. I, I guess my only other question here is, how much of an impact do you think the Olympics has now at this point in the season? You're talking, it's it's February. We're thinking about some events that are going to happen in in uh, in February. Do you think he's really thinking about about the Olympics in the, in the middle of summer, or do you think he's trying to prepare for the Masters, or is it some combination of both? Um, uh, I wish I knew. I would say it's probably, you know, just thinking logically about it, I would say it's probably a combination of the both. But the one thing about Woods is he knows intimately what the competition is doing. He is he's, he's very aware of, you know, what he's got to do through the years to play his very best when he needs to. So, so I would say right now the goal is to, to find some form leading into Augusta National. Uh, obviously, the Players' Championship is a big one, too. Uh, and then from there, I, I think you'll see him chart his course. But when he states a goal, it gets stated. I mean, as a kid, he had Jack Nicklaus's picture on the wall in the room. So if he's talked about the Olympics, I'm sure there's some plan that's been set in place um, to make sure that 
he is uh, doing the right thing to, to to improve his chances to make that four-man U.S. team. Yeah, and it it is a, it's a tight race behind him. I mean, you got Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay hot on his uh, hot hot on his heels. In fact, Patrick Cantlay, last I saw, was ahead of Tiger in that top four for the Americans. So some work to be done. You know, those guys are going to be playing a lot, um, and and Tiger's going to have to play well to get on that team. Because it's not like a Ryder Cup team. It's not like there's a captain selection. Uh, Stricker, you know, Stricker's his, his boy, right? You hear him say Strix all the time. Strix is going to take him on the Ryder Cup team no matter what. But this one, for the Olympics, you, it's just world golf ranking points. And sometimes, Mark, that, that can be a little bit hard to figure out. You know, do you remember when uh, when Brooks Kepka and Justin Rose were going back and forth? There were times when one of them wouldn't play. Justin Rose would sit out a week and then elevate to number one in the world. It can be a little complicated. Complex. So I, you know, I, I just wonder how much it's really on his mind, how much focus he's really putting towards it, or if he's just saying, "Hey, if I do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to be there in the end." Well, there's some of that. I mean, we saw um, a couple seasons ago where everyone was talking about Tiger making the playoffs, and he had to play well at what was then the Bridgestone um, at uh, Akron, the, the final one that they had there, and he had to have the big finish. He did. He earned just enough points to get himself into Carnoustie, where he nearly won. I mean, he he ch- he was chasing Francesco Molinari all the way to the tape, and then from there he parlayed that into the big finish at the end of the season in the Tour Championship. So he's he's been on the spot before when he where he's had to earn points, and so I think he's just taking this one day at a time, knowing that if he does Tiger Woods things, I mean Tiger Woods results are likely to to happen. I couldn't agree more. Marco, I want to uh, thank you so much for joining me on this uh, emergency podcast with the big (laughs) news of of Tiger Woods. Farmers Insurance Open and Genesis Open are the next two times we will see Tiger Woods. Uh, I I think it sounds like we both expect a a wonderful 2020 for him. Uh, So we will definitely keep Tiger in the uh, on the front page of our of our paper here. So I want to thank you so much for joining me. If, if you like what you heard today, make sure you, you jump on to rate and review the show uh, right here on wherever you watch podcasts. And uh, and we very much appreciate that. If you want to catch Mark Immelman on Twitter, he's at Mark underscore Immelman on Twitter. And I'm at The Real GFD. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.